Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. Visit them on their social media pages for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Hit record. We're live. Do you guys all have beers now? Beard up. Think we're good. What are, what are we drinking? Miller Lite, Modelo. I had a Modelo last night. This, one, this one's special, though. This one's uh, room temperature. Oh, okay. Sean, what do you have there? Mega Giants. Some dude oh, wine. Yeah, neon Giants. He doesn't that's, know. That's some dude wine. <laughs> I have a, a Brewdog Hazy Jane Passion Fruit. Whoa, fancy. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. I'm joined tonight by the gentleman in Those Clever Foxes. How are you? All in for once, guys. <laughs> the, uh, the awkward We're pause good. is fantastic. That kind of says a lot. I, I'm guessing you're all great. The greatest you've ever been. Oh, yeah. I think we're all one polite short, and no one wanted to cut. No, let's be fair. We're one short. Blocky. That's okay. Yeah, that's true. He's busy. He's working, but he's he's there. Well, Sean, I, I did tell he's, you. He's shot. I, I, I told shot. you less, less is more. So he's doing us a favor. Not that we don't want him to be here, but we've already displayed that we are going to talk over one another simply by accident, <laughs> not on purpose. We'll do our best. This is going to be, oh my God, I can't wait to see how this unfold. We'll do, no our, best to, we'll do our best to let each other talk. But, uh, I mean, Sean, I feel like I just saw you recently. You did just see me. It's like I just saw you past Saturday. Friday, actually. Fri- Friday. Yeah, whatever. Let's talk about that. <laughs> University Drive album release show, River Street Jazz Cafe. What a night. That was awesome. was there too. It was a good yeah. night. Yeah, I, I, w- I wasn't sure. I mean, I was uh, I had a, a, a free pass uh, night out. Um, was responsible, took an Uber there, and got an Uber home. So, a little bit of a dog off the leash. Um, had a few drinks, had a good time. So I remember seeing Sean. If I saw a dog, I'm sorry. Um, I was incognito there. You're all good. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, what a night. I mean, not only, I mean, it was four great bands. We had uh, Retrovi, Estacoda, James Barrett, 
and of course, University Drive. Um, but not only was it just a great night of music, I feel like there was a lot of support and just good vibes in the crowd from other musicians, obviously, like yourselves. And you know, there's Joe Lombardo was there. Uh, I mean, there was countless ones. I'm going to forget somebody, so I'm not going to try. But I mean, what a great night. Yeah, it was really something. Like, and and University Drive always, you know, for the million years that Ed has been doing this, I don't think I've ever seen him put on a bad show. But like, they were on like a special tear that night. I feel like they were just really, really going for it. It was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, and I feel like I don't know. Like, I was there. I saw. I was. I got there right before Retrovice started. So like, I don't know. They were. They were like the, they just set the tone immediately with like an amazingly tight set. Uh, it's actually Matt Duffy's younger brother is the bassist, which is kind of cool. Yep, that's my bro. <laughs> he, he's I, uh, soon. I, uh, I was actually uh, very impressed by uh, the professionalism that University Drive had, and you can clearly tell that those guys have seen a bit of the road, and because they kind of had the chops of like. Like, this wasn't just a local show. This wasn't just, like, a, a smaller club show. I mean, it didn't matter for them because they were having a great time. They were playing for all their friends and family. But it was just a vibe they put off of, like, they they seen a little bit of the road. So they were – you could tell that they were real seasoned tight and professional about it. And that was – that stood out to me immediately, apart from the music, obviously. But I, I noticed that, just how efficient everything was. I, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, so congrats to University Drive on their new album, Heal, which is streaming everywhere. But we also, uh, a week later, I mean, that that show was last Friday. They, they released it on the streaming services a week prior to that. But you guys just put out a new album as well. And it's the first bit of new music in quite some time, correct? You know what, 10 yeah. years almost? Almost 10, almost years. 10 years, yeah, about 10 years. So the first new music in 10 years the album is called church bells on sunday um <laughs> i made the mistake of telling sean what i thought it sounded like at the, uh, <laughs> the show on friday and almost to the point where i thought he was going to punch me in the face <laughs> so i don't know if i should repeat it or not he's harmless I guess I could do it now. I mean, you're not in front of me. I could, I could be that that keyboard warrior. And be like, hey, guess what, Sean? I think there's a lot of uh, uh, Wonder Years vibes to the music. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Punch me. Go ahead, do it. I would. What's wrong with that? I'll take that all day. That's overly kind, I would say. But yeah, honestly, it's very Sean, charitable. Sean Thank hates you. it. Sean hates it. He wants to punch me. That's all right. Say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> you don't have to. The silence is deafening. No, I, 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 I was like, first off, I was like trying to get a whole bunch of drinks, and you were just like, it sounds like the Wonder Years, and I was just like, no. I, and, and to my lack of credit, I have <laughs> next to any. You're, you're talking to the one guy in the band who would have zero to nothing to relate that to. All I know is that album is like suburbia. That's it. I know that album. Okay. Mac can laugh all he wants, but that's it. And I know we hung out with Dan. He was a great guy when, when we opened up for him on his solo thing, but Doug had to inform me that his solo thing is nothing like the wonder years. So I was like, whatever, cool. Nice guy. So if you want to compliment us with that, 
I will graciously take it and pass it off to the guys who know what you're talking about. Well, it's funny because I hate to do that, right? Because of my, my fear of, of what happened that night uh, happening. Uh, and it hadn't happened up until that point. So um, thank you for being the first. I, I try not to, I try not to relate music to other music, uh, but I always yeah, you do. were shook. You were shook. You came up to me afterwards and you were like, dude, I'm sorry if I offend you. I was like, what are you talking about? And I had to calm you down. You were mildly concerned. I was, and I was like, dude, don't worry about it. It, just, it was, it was, it was nothing. I thought was this was the moment. This is the moment that I was always uh, afraid of. And here we are. Sean's going to cancel for Tuesday. And, uh, <laughs> he'd probably have an easier time if he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll have a better conversation. We can go listen. We'll go listen to the Wonder Years. Sean is often the source of many people's nightmares. No, I don't believe that. Sean and I always have a great time when we talk on these these podcasts. And um, tell me a little bit about. I mean, I'm not really um, extremely familiar with those clever foxes. Uh, I mean, I've heard the name floating around. I think you guys maybe you know had decided to call call it a day back in like 2015 and then you kind of came out of retirement a year later for a show but i was never too familiar with you guys because i was like i was like out of my weekender days i was in radio but i wasn't like i didn't have the radio show yet so i wasn't like back into like the scene full time so i heard the name before but i'm not 100 percent familiar with um you know you guys outside of this new music so uh, tell me a little bit about you know what you guys are, what you do, and and just a little history. Uh, yeah, Doug, go ahead. Go ahead, Doug. Doug, Doug you're going to great. Um, yeah, well, we started, she's 2011 was when we started playing together. Um, sort of born out of the end of many different projects or from a frustration with, like, wanting to do a different type of sound for a project or just wanting to explore certain things. Um from the from the gangs that's on here it was me and sean blockus and our, our friend derek um we kind of all just kind of got in a very 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 extremely small back room of sean's parents house uh filled with alabama memorabilia <laughs> yes very true uh, just started playing and it was really just like um like a who cares kind of project i think it was sort of just like hey we all like each other the four of us mostly know how to play some of the instruments in this room and let's just figure it out and see what happens. Um, and then we started playing like a couple shows and back in the day, I mean, we were, we were like switching instruments. Like one of us would play drums for a song one because none of us actually played drums. So we were all like, well, let's everybody just play drums. It was awful. <laughs> it was a pretty was horrific cool. decision in retrospect, but you know, we learned. Uh, and and then they gave us alcohol. Or it's brilliant. Or it's a brilliant decision because like, you can really mask that inability to play because you know, you're switching and no one really knows who the drummer is. So maybe he's just filling in for a second. It's a good, it's a good plan. <laughs> people thought it was, a, people thought it was like a comedy act for a second because of all the people were moving around. And it was, it was and the songs were really about God knows what back then, but uh, it was a, it was a thing. And then um, we, we ran into our buddy, Nick Lawrence, who was playing drums in uh, a social state at the time. And we said, hey, we're thinking about making a go of this. And he kind of laughed at us, as he should have. And uh, we said, we want you to do this. And he was just like, he literally was like, fuck it, sure. And he kind of whipped us into shape pretty quick. And it was then when we really started to actually hone the songwriting and, and 
the jokes went out the window and it, it, it wasn't like an overnight thing. It took a good year and a half, but a persistent year and a half of practicing and writing, but it wasn't an overnight thing. Um, uh, the, the mold got formed and, uh, and all of a sudden you look out and suddenly we're, we're, we're playing to full rooms at the Vintage theater and places like that. And we, we thought people didn't care about us and, and suddenly it, it turned into a thing. And, um, Derek left the band for a multitude of reasons. And, and that was that. Um, and yeah, we just kind of hoofed it. And then block is left. I still don't know why to this day, never asked him. He still doesn't know why. <laughs> um, was and, the first of five times that I think he moved to Florida. <laughs> yes, yeah. Moved to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. He, he moved to Florida. Oh yeah. That's a whole thing. And then, we got Donnie Kirchner and Matt Duffy came into the picture and we kind of rounded out the lineup and we became a five piece, three guitars to our credit. This is like 2012, 2013 time. We were doing that three guitar thing before a lot of other bands were kind of doing, not that it, we were cool or anything, but we were definitely, it was not, not normal to see three guitar players on the stage. Yet. And it took a minute to hone that in, but I think we did pretty good. And it was serendipitous too, because basically there was one bass guitar slot and I had never played bass before, but, uh, I reached out to them because I wanted to play bass in their band and I heard that Nick was leaving. So it came, but Donnie also wanted to play bass. So the two of us had like a tryout basically more or less for like a couple of practice sessions. And that's how I met Donnie and we all became friends and it was like, you know, I don't, after Donnie was Donnie's clearly a bass player. So I think I rolled into practice with my brother's like junior scale bass or something. And Donnie was like, who, what kindergartner did you beat up with? to, to, to yeah. steal that, that. Yeah. that bass? And then the next practice I came in, my friend lent me a Getty Lee run, like signature bass. It was like thousands of dollars. He lent it to me for practice. And uh, Johnny, Donnie was like, did you, did I make fun of you so badly that you went out and bought a Getty Lee? <laughs> like no no no, <laughs> um, yeah, I knew, yeah. I, I was like I was playing in other bands. Uh, uh, I was in Days in Transit, and uh, we always played with the Foxes constantly. And that during like the comedy era, you know, of like trading all the instruments. And uh, basically, like I just really loved them. I, they were all into the same music I was. I went away. I moved to a different country. And when I came back, I was like, "What the? F they're a good band." Uh, like, <laughs> The world's gone topsy turvy. Nick Wouldn't Cole go that far. Playing drums, the free agent pickup of 2012, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they just yeah, I don't know. They became my 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 best friends. Sean and I were friends before that, and then um, yeah, that's it. So that's kind of where where I entered the picture there, at least. And we just we just kind of rode the rails, and then. We just, we were going to make new music and we broke up and, uh, the hidden gem in the, the, the rough there was Jerry Connor. Cause he used to come and see us all the time. And we were playing down at the vintage theater and we only played like three places, but we played them all the time. And Jerry would come to see us on the regular. And after we broke up that ma massive broke up, Jerry and I started old charades and, and, uh, Tom Lopes, who was always kind of around with us we talking and then. And essentially this new run of the band is just, we always say is Jerry's fault, but it, 
it's true because Jerry's the one who literally got all of us to break the ice and become friends again. And, and that's a whole other thing. But uh, so, yeah, then Jerry didn't have to learn anything. The son of a bitch just knew all the songs and we were <laughs> shocked. And, uh, and, you know, Jerry, we love Jerry. We all knew him, but we didn't know him in the aspect of being in the band. And it, it wasn't like it was a, um, it was like, Oh, we'll see how this goes. It was like, all right, let's try it. And then day one, it was like, boom, we could play Quincy Avenue front to back because Jerry knew it. And it was like, Oh, well, that's interesting. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, it was a plus of having a drum set uh, and a lot of free time during school. So, and it like by exist. the, I was so just saying, it wouldn't exist now without Jerry. That's all. Well, you would have had probably the, the 16th reunion show. And uh, what I say, like if you're friends with the guys long enough, you're probably going to end up in the band. So like, yeah. <laughs> that's sort of why we're here. <laughs> Very cool. And, and what brings about this, this new, new record? I mean, I know Sean reached out and said, Hey, the, uh, the foxes are back. And I was like, what, <laughs> what's, what's going on? Not my wife. <laughs> we've been asking that. Yeah. We've been asking that. But yeah, I mean, not only are you back, I mean, there's a, a great album to, 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 to be part of it. So what's, uh, tell me about that. Well, I remember after the first show, like the first reunion, we all talked and it was like, hey, that was fun. I don't know. Maybe we should do it again. And they're like, okay. But if we're going to do it again, we should probably not play the same songs for 10 years. <laughs> so that's sort of what I think everyone started writing for. And I think that was sort of the, you know, the trigger to actually get together and do it. Yeah, we did a, we did a couple reunion shows on and off and uh man we were just getting real sick of playing the same songs and and it was just when we did the um what was that the nepa horror fest thing last year uh we all said we're not walking on stage unless we have a complete full song that we're proud of and that ended up being the first single off of this ep um so <clears throat> it was yeah it it, it, it was gonna happen but I'm glad that it, what, I think, I think too, like, you know, what we were writing about before it it, it had hit its, I don't know, it's almost this limit in a sense, like the band broke up and then like, that was it. And I was resigned and okay, I guess I'm not going to play music anymore, you know, really. Uh, And, but a lot has changed in everybody's lives since the last time we were a band. You know what I mean? A lot has changed. We've grown as people. We've, you know, uh, um, gained a lot of experience, very much so. So I felt like, too, this was a chance for myself personally, and I'm sure everybody else I don't want to speak for, but, you know, a chance to express new things that new experiences, things that uh, for our own sense of like coping with the world around us and everything that's happened in life since then, we needed uh, uh, a creative outlet that at least I certainly did. Uh, that I didn't have at the time. So um, it's been a godsend, really, truly. Yeah, I mean, a lot has changed. Not only do you, have you guys grown up and, you know, the world <laughs> has changed mm-hmm. a lot in 10 years and a lot in the last two years even. So it's like, um, you know, what has played into those songs? Is it is it your, you know, your maturity? Is it is it life lessons? Is it, what's, what's, what's the music about? Uh, um, I, go ahead, Jack. 
Oh, okay. Um, all of the above, like for sure. I mean, the songs that you write when you're 22 and 23 and 24 have a pretty limited scope. I think when it comes to like what you're going to write about, um, especially for, I mean, maybe where we all were in our lives, I'm not going to say somebody else's songs aren't, but like, I think as you grow and mature and life changes and the things that you thought were really complex and difficult to deal with are like the things that you kind of end up just having in your life every day. <laughs> like you kind of get a better perspective of like, certain things that become real. And I think you also get a better, like, as you grow as a songwriter, and I guess I'm speaking personally, but like, as you grow as a songwriter, as you grow as a person, like those things kind of go hand in hand. And I think it becomes easier in some ways to talk about things that maybe you were scared to in some ways, like as like when you're younger or things you're like, Oh, I could never write a song about that. Like it's way too, whatever, too close, or it's going to be way too difficult to like get a message across the right way and, and sound like honest and real without like coming off as childish or immature or contrived or whatever. Um, and so I feel like, now it's like really cathartic for me. And I think maybe I hope I'm speaking for everybody, but it just feels really good. And like a lot of the songwriting that we're doing now, um, stuff that's on the EP, like is, is a really good blend of stuff that like we were really proud of that we never got to release. Like there's a song on there that we wrote in 2014 or 2015 that like never got to see the light of day because we ended up breaking up before we could put anything out. And it was just something we were really proud of because it was the direction we wanted to go in. And then when we started writing new stuff, it was like, okay, well, like, let's stay in that vein. Like, let's be like honest and let's tell real things. And we've all gone through so much in the past three years, which is, you know, as much as we've gone through the past 10 years and we've all grown and we've all, we all maintained like a connection through, you know, being really close friends. Like it's never been like, Oh, Hey, I don't remember who you are. <laughs> like we just stayed really close and, you know, going through all this stuff and seeing everybody go through things together and like finally getting able to express those kind of things through music has been amazing. Like it's, it's, it's a huge reason why, like, I think the songs that we put out, like, you know, feel the way they do to me is cause like, I know why Matt Duffy wrote what he wrote and I know why Sean has been writing what he writes, like, cause I'm there and I see it. And like, we're all able to express that and support each other through that. It just feels really awesome. Yeah, I um, I, I'll be honest. I and I, I was mildly terrified when we we started working on this new material because I actually had that moment of I was like, can I write those Clever Foxes songs anymore? Because I went so far down the the, the avenue that I went down with the folk music and the bluegrass and everything like that, which was always even when we were still doing those cover boxes years ago, I would always still do my off to the side, like what have you music. And I was terrified. I had a real moment of every, I brought like three or four songs to the, to the table and they just weren't working. Not because, you know, the, we weren't, it wasn't, we tried them from every angle. It wasn't like we didn't give them a day in court. They just weren't there. And I was, really kind of freaked out. I was like, Oh my God, am I still able to be in this band mentally? Um, or should I say emotionally? Because I couldn't quite deliver because Doug was turning out. I mean, God knows he bared his soul on the songs that he wrote. And then Matt just, Matt not only came like leaps and bounds, but he jumped over me as far as emotional delivery. And I was like, I was like, God damn, I'm getting left in the dust here. But, um, 
so I had a little bit of difficulty coming to that first songwriting goes, but as a guitar player though, I was so excited again because I just love playing guitar. And I told you this before, uh, you Paco was like, I don't really like writing songs. I love playing guitar. So I was really into the idea of being able to spread my wings because I'm so used to being a folk bluegrass blues musician that I was like, I want to play distortion and delay and reverb and, and weird time uh, stuff with a jazz master through a, a Fender amp. It's like, I don't get to do that very often. So I, I, um, dove head in and it's like I played my ass off as a musician on this record but as a songwriter I was just trying to keep up with Matt and Doug because and, and Nick too because Nick had ideas and he would shape things too it's like Nick's not here to say it but he really kind of guided some stuff as well um, and Nick always was like that he was like the phantom writer for a lot of stuff for everything we did and right. he might not have the the outlet or the, the, the platform that Doug or I do or even Matt now but um, Nick definitely has felt everywhere. And I was just like, I hope I'm doing right by the rest of the guys by being able to be on the caliber that they brought because they brought a game. And that's just where I came from with that. But so it was interesting. And then Jerry was great because Jerry was like an outsider. He saw it all from the perspective of him being able to see us from 10 years ago and now being the band of being like, that doesn't sound like the Foxes. That doesn't sound like you guys. He's like, that's interesting. Let's go there. Let's do that. Let's try this. So Jerry really was a, a, a voice we didn't know we needed and really helped take the band in the direction that it needs to go and while staying the band, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always find it interesting, like, you know, how musicians grow. And, and we talked about, you know, how it's different now than it was 10 years ago, especially, you know, on a personal level, musicianship, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of bands get a lot of shit for, um, you know, changing sound from record to record or whatever it might be. And I don't really think that's fair to, uh, you know, the musicians. I mean, you know, who are we to say that they need to say, do the same thing over and over again? Um, and I guess it's kind of worked out in your favor. It's been so many years between the two records. It wouldn't even matter at this point. <laughs> well, that's a funny thing. Cause we got, I got, I, I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I got a lot of text messages when we put that record out saying, this sounds like the Foxes now, but it doesn't sound like Quincy Avenue. It, it doesn't. It sounds like what you guys should sound like. It just took you ten years to get there. Um, a really good buddy of ours of the band, uh, Dave Rodica. What's up, buddy? Um, he was obsessed with it. He's still like he can't get over it. He's texted. He's like, God damn, I love that song. I love that lyric. I love that riff. And um, that's fine by me, as far as I'm concerned. But I think we did okay. I mean. I can't speak highly enough of Doug and Matt and what they brought and Jerry and, and Nick. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be playing music with my friends again, really. Yeah. Regardless guys, of what it sounds like. Did you guys like release it out of nowhere? Cause I feel like there was never like really like a, any hype behind it. It was just kind of like, Hey, here it is. Well, it's kind of hard to have hype when you haven't been a band for 10 years, but, <laughs> right, but I mean, like at that point you'd be like, Hey, the Foxes are back. Like we have a new record out or we got we're a new EPs coming. Like, I feel like it would just like one day it was like, here it is. Well, we recorded it in May and we were like kind of trying to figure out what the plan was going to be for a release. And there were so many good things coming out too, at like right around the time that we were like, we knew you, you, uh, university drive was really working on stuff and you know, there's lots going on. So it, we were just like kind of looking for the right time to do it. Uh, and I think also like 
you know, we're, we're very much limited, but like we're a part-time band very much. So, you know, if this is purely like for expression and fun and a uh, hobby, you know, when we were like back in the day, it was like war. Like we, we were a gang and we were going to make it, you know, we were going to try at least uh, as best we could practicing all the time and so and such. So now it's just like, it, it is very much more relaxed. I would say, um, you know, we kind of, we all have lives and careers and families and, you know, lots of very complex things going on. Jerry's a lawyer now, you know, uh, so the band you know, lawyer, the yeah. band lawyer, the band not lawyer, helping any yes. of you. <laughs> not going to happen. So I, yeah, I guess, uh, that's really what, where it's, where, where it's been coming from. Um, you know, we were just trying to figure out like what we're going to do with it. Cause we were like, Oh wow, this is actually sounding really good. And we want to make sure we, do right by it and like have a proper release and everything. And it just basically came down to why don't we just put it out, dude, just put it out, like announce it and put it out there. And then we'll figure out the next step after that, because we're just kind of sitting around. Like we played those three shows. We played three shows in a week. This is a band that plays out like once every two months, maybe, you know, and we played three shows in a week in like an NEPA tour, uh, <laughs> world domination tour, um, up the line, down the line. Was that the name, Sean? Yeah. yeah. That was it. Up the line, down the line. Yeah, it was actually every show was great. Uh, yeah, I don't think, yeah, so you know, that was basically why we just kind of sat on it for a while and then we're like, all right, just put it out. <laughs> That's it, you know. It's definitely not the intention for it to be the last thing that we end up putting out either. Like, oh, we're already right. writing, like, starting new stuff. Like, I think it's like, it's sort of, it's sort of like, get this out something we're proud of something that feels good and like let people hear it let people know that like we're doing stuff and that it exists but like just just get the thing going and then you know look at what's next and say okay let's put another ep out let's you know start writing new stuff let's like you know maybe record another old thing we never put out like whatever we want to do like and it's kind of cool because like we're not matt really he put it really well like it was war and i think like a big part of that like ending the first time was like just we were so burned out of like the rush and the push and the and the trying and the like getting a step back and somebody quitting a band and somebody coming back in and forgetting the part or doing whatever and like trying to record and we were very 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 diy which um was probably to our detriment mentally <laughs> but, that destroyed us that certainly, destroyed us certainly yours all. doug being the sound <laughs> engineer certainly yours yeah it was a lot but i think um I think now it's just like, okay, we got it. We did the thing. We got it out. We put it out. We recorded it. We mixed it. We got it mixed. We got it mastered. Put releases to the world. People can hear it. Okay. Now we're like done a thing. We've all completed a, a certain amount of items on the checklist. Now let's do the next thing and try, try to do something else this time. You know, like, I, I don't know. It just feels very, you know, it just feels fun. Like, I don't know. There's no pressure like for us or for me, at least, you know, I just want to have a good time writing good music and playing bad music for people that hopefully don't hate it. So. <laughs> yeah. I think there is probably a, a, a good thing. You know, you mentioned just kind of a part-time thing at this point. It's not, you know, where you're not at war. I mean, there's, it's probably a lot easier to kind of have it be a part-time thing. It's, there's not a lot of pressure. You know, the songs might come more naturally and, um, that's probably a good thing. Well, I think also, again, I really has a lot to do with Jerry joining the band because I mean, we're kind of underselling it and not really going too deep into this. The, Matt, that might be the quote 
of your life of it was war um uh because no one outside of the band will understand oh, tom lopes and tim roxbury are the only two people who will know what it was like to be in the band at that time it was goddamn grueling it was it was beyond exhausting um jerry came in and it was like a breath of fresh air because jerry's just got that way about him he's just like fucking he's frankenstein's on a great day he's just like all right everything's good and uh and it's just he he mellowed us out and he brought us back to earth and he just said like let's just play the song just play it relax sure yeah cool yeah and um it it, it was just um J- jerry really centered us i mean I don't think we had the mentality to go down the rabbit hole. We went down again when we were in our early twenties in those days and we were grinding literally four days a week practicing and then playing two shows a week or a show a week. It was, we couldn't do that now, but Jerry definitely, um, I don't know, brought us back down and made us a better band for it. Not that Nick Lawrence wasn't fantastic. God knows Nick Lawrence is a, is a, is a fucking beast on his instrument, but it was just, Nick was part of the machine. And if you're part of the machine, you can't see what the damage is being done. Jerry wasn't part of the machine. So he was just like, why are you doing that? Let's just do this. And look what happened. And it worked. <laughs> well, when we so, were writing too, there's a lot of like, Oh, like, what does this sound like? I'm like, guys, it's been 10 years. You can sort of do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like, does it sound cool? Are we happy playing it? Yeah. Then cool. Let's go down that road. It's funny too. You guys mentioned like you know we weren't a band for so long. How are we going to promote it? Like you're you're talking about being in a world in 2022 where you know bands releasing singles. So you could have done that. You could have been like, here's a taste of the foxes. Like we're 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 you know EP coming soon. Like I'm just surprised that that was not not that I'm mad or like disappointed, but it was just it was it, it was neat to just kind of have it like, hey, here it is. Well, we did too. We released uh, Prom Night as a single. Oh, we okay. Just, we just pushed it out. Yeah, I, just I get suck. something out there. All right. Well, th- then uh, I'll have my editor edit the <laughs> I don't have an editor. <laughs> You're doing great. Everybody hold for silence. It, so it is true, though. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's there's so much push around everything all the time. And there's such a screaming contest digitally about, like, look at this thing. Look at this thing. And it's like, you know, if you're not posting four times a day about it, everyone's going to forget, right? Like, it's so, it's so competitive and so aggressive. And it's like, I don't know. I don't think either, either like, anyone around this table of, of people, this digital table would, like, we're not like, we're not like that. I don't know. We, we <laughs> want to. I told Duff we need an intern. (laughs) (laughs) As far as like strategizing and stuff like that, you know, I really don't care. Yeah, that's that's nice. I really don't. I just just want to play with my friends and put music out and hope that people like it. And it's just a good, you know, it's an activity to do on a Friday night or something. We have a show, you know, it's like exciting. We get to play and we meet lots of cool people. We play with Mercy Union recently. And like, we want to play out in New Jersey and, you know, stuff like that, you know, just simple things, easy things that just, we're just making music and expressing ourselves and not really worrying about, Oh, how are we going to structure our Instagram page so that we get, you know, hits or whatever, like uh, whatever, dude, like it's, I don't have time for that. I really don't. (laughs) Right. Which is probably nice. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, 
you're writing with you know, music with your friends, you're playing, and it's it's just kind of like, hey, this is a lot of fun. It's, there's no pressure. It's just here it is, and you know, focus on your full time careers, your families, and all that kind of stuff. And this is kind of just like, you know, icing on the cake. But you know, the the, the funny thing is about the no pressure is that to what Matt said is that we played like what once every year and a half or something, and then we did three shows in a week, and those three shows were like relatively big shows. I mean. Mercy Union is a Gaslight Anthem off project. And then we were opening for the queers at the Jazz Cafe, like co-headlining that show. And then we did that sold out uh, emo night um, in a week for a band that's been relatively inactive to just do three bangers like that in one week. Um, I could say for myself, I was fucking shocked at how many people came out to all of those shows to see us and how many people wanted to see us and hear the new stuff. And uh, I, I did not think that was uh, going to happen. But I mean, it was so it, it was so dope. Yeah, it, was the queers. it was so cool to play with the queers. I saw the queers at Cafe Metropolis when I was like 15. And that's probably the last time I saw them, you know, and it was just neat. Just another band to just check off the bu- band bucket list. Like, you know, we play. I played with this band. That's cool. They're like legends in their own right. You know what I mean? So that was pretty neat. That's cool. Matt, I gotta say before before I forget, do you have a uh, a Halloween costume yet for this year? No. What are you thinking, Aaron Rodgers? Oh, oh. dude! I had I had a beard up until about two days ago. I was going to be Fidel Castro, my hero, <laughs> but instead I'm going to go with I I messed up trimming. So I was like, oh, the start of every beard story, the start of every lack of beard. Oh, I messed up trimming. (laughs) I did, though. I was only an apprentice barber. (laughs) No, Aaron Rodgers. That's like I got Flanders, too, man. Oh, you do a Flanders. Tom Lopes will love the Aaron Rodgers, though. Tom Lopes will fucking love that. (laughs) Oakley, motherfucker. Uh, you might get some hate if you're if you pretend to be Aaron Rodgers, though. He's just on Rogan the other day, and he's he's getting some uh, getting some shit online. What did he do? He's just being himself. I saw that too. He's just fucking going out. To, the guy sounds like every fucking yokel that could be at like Jim's Bar Ranch. He's just some fucking guy. I don't understand how this motherfucker is an All American quarterback. He looks like he'd be driving a Chevy eight days a week, and he'd be fucking <laughs> doing whatever. I don't understand how this motherfucker is an athlete. I don't get it. My favorite thing is like when they interview people who are just, he's a sports guy. He's not going to give you answers to the world. He probably, he might say some weird stuff, you know, but then people are shocked that he says weird, dumb things. I don't know what he even said, but I'm just, it's like, what did you expect? (laughs) He's like, you can say anything to him and he'd be like, he's like, what's going on, man? He's like, man, I had this cheesesteak for lunch. It's not laying well. And that's his day. That's how he thinks. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, how many concussions does he have, too? <laughs> I mean, I was never an Aaron Rodgers hater. Fantastic, incredible athlete. Yeah, I was so never. Let's be a real. Hater. We're talking about football. <laughs> but I, I mean, I might be a bigger fan now. I mean, I just, I, I was, I like the fact that he's just like one of us, though. It's just like you know, he's smoking cigars, which I thought was weird. It's one of those things that's weird. It's like you, you see an athlete that you high, you hold these these standards of they don't drink, they don't smoke, they their body is their temple, and he's smoking cigars and f word this, f word that, and I mean he's in hot water, not hot water, but he's back in you know uh, the whole COVID thing and how he said he was immunized, but he wasn't, but kind of was. 
That's the, it's not going to win him a Super Bowl. Let's just be honest. It's all the bullshit aside. He ain't going to win nothing. He's going to fuck it up towards the end of the year like he always does. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to take shit from that, but I don't give a fuck. This is now Barstool Sports Podcast. <laughs> Amen. One bite. Everybody knows the rules. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to let that uh, this end but without saying that. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. All right. All right. That's fine. I'll take it. Take I was thinking line. more like, I thought you were going to go more for like a Top Gun Maverick approach, you know? <laughs> oh. Like Matt, Matt went to the danger zone. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if the Sopranos had an Air Force. That's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you tomatoes. Oh. Maron. Iceman. Whoa, whoa, Iceman. Oh, Iceman. He's just... <laughs> You know it, then I know it. Uh, <laughs> goose, goose, hey, goose! <laughs> I haven't seen, I haven't seen the, the uh, I haven't actually seen the first Top Gun. You're not missing much, so I haven't yeah. seen the second either. What's well, an Top army recruiting movie. video, and you pretty much got the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not Team that. America, same thing. It's Team not, America. It's, it's not for me. I'm, I don't have it. I don't have it in me to to be. To, to do that stuff. So uh, all respect to them because I can't do it. <laughs> it's not in me. I'm not going to get yelled yeah. at to, to do things I don't want to do. There. <laughs> but uh, sorry, I'm sorry. I got into the, the sports world with Aaron Rodgers, but uh, that's well, a great, co- that's a great costume. I mean, we're only, uh, what, two months away. My brother's getting married. Yeah. I'm keeping it for that. So might as well just let it ride. You know, there you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> You'll look great in a tuxedo. With a mustache, <laughs> but I was going to say, you know, what's what's next for the foxes? Um, I, I have an answer to part of that. I'll answer my own question. I know, I, and I actually brought this up at the UD show on Friday. I forget who I was talking to, but I was just—I remember thinking when that that lineup was released for that show at the Jazz Cafe. I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, University Drive, James Barrett, Estacoda, Retrovi, like. What a stacked lineup. And I was saying this to the person, I don't know who it was. I said, there's another one coming soon. And I'm like, I'm like, it's, uh, I said, I can't think of the, 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 the name of the, the bands that are playing, but I know it's good. And I said, I think, I think Sean, I think Sean's part of it. And sure as shit, you know, when I uh, sobered up the next day and, you know, it was coherent, um, you know, there's a, a thing called Indie Fest at the River Street Jazz Cafe, October 14th, which I mean, Another stacked lineup. I mean, there's some repeats. There's James Barrett. There's um, Retro Vi. Um, but you have Sweet Nest. You have Joe Burke and Company. Rosary Guild. Brendan Brisk, who was at the uh, the UD show as well. And, of course, those Clever Foxes. I mean, how did that all come together? Because that is an incredible um, you know, lineup. Who, who went offline? Oh, there you go. Some someone offline. It was me. I don't know. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, hi. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers disappeared. Um, no, what happened with that was uh, I was legit drinking in a hammock in Florida, and Sammy D. Everybody knows. I used to call him the mayor of Wilkesbury. He's now one of the booking guys now at the Jazz Cafe. They had a bit of a transition period. He called me up, and he said, "I want to do this." I said, okay. And, uh, he just started talking to me. We started talking for about a day, getting the idea together. Meanwhile, I'm still down in Florida. I was on vacation. 
and we talked about it. And then I just started sending out email or not email text messages and phone calls to people. I knew I, I, I must've called 15 bands that I knew and everybody was very much like, okay, this is October. This is, uh, this was like March 5th and I'm talking late mid March of uh, October. So everybody was just like, what the Sean, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, but I, I, I told them the idea and everything. And then I had, confirmations from four of the bands immediately. Um, Brendan's just one of my best friends. So it was real easy to kind of rope him into it. Uh, I'm pretty tight with John from Retrovi, And uh, so I've got him. And then Steve Warner, who's my drummer for American Buffalo ghost. All I got to do is if he's not eating, he'll pick up his phone. So he, he, he picked up his phone <laughs> and, and uh, he, or he's not taking a shit. He'll pick up his phone and talk to me. And then I, uh, I knew though what the foxes were. I mean, clearly I knew what we were up to. So I said, guys, here's, this is going on. I know we're going to have an album out in the, or an EP, at least in the fall. Um, here's what's going on. And everybody was, I just pieced it together as you would a normal show. And I somehow was able to get this lineup together of just what it is. Uh, and it, and this is what Sam wanted. And I just was like, okay, let's just take it from there. And I had some people come up to me and said, this is going to be a fucking train wreck. And I've had some people say, this is going to be a fucking disaster. And, and it's just like, you know, best of luck to you, but this isn't going to work. Uh, and everybody, I had a couple people say that to me. And, um, in, in what aspect though? I mean, I don't understand that. They're saying there's no way this is going to work in time. It's not going to work smoothly. There's going to be some fuck ups and, uh, this is just going to be, uh, what have you. I mean, too many, too many moving parts, right? Basically. Too many moving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Too many moving parts to the point where, uh, Sam and I actually started uh, reaching out to hiring just friends of ours to be like, yo, do you want to just be a backliner or, uh, or, um, just a, uh, like, a? oh my God, what the fuck? I got tech or something like a, just a stage guy to help move amps or snares or something like that. Um, I'm not worried about it. I'm really not. Um, I'm going to, I'll probably be sweating it when we get down there. Cause you know, this is what it is, but it, it this is just an idea we had and we're going to go with it. And I'm not taking it any, anything else than any other show that we book. And I, everybody's ta- I talked to is excited. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I'm not. I feel like Michael Lang at Woodstock 99. You know, it's like, yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. You know? <laughs> but God only knows what will happen. Um, uh, I don't know what you I, – I mean, I don't see why you would be worried. I mean, I, I've never gone I'm to not. I've never gone to a show with that many bands and like, oh, you know what? They're not on time. Like, you know, they, they said, you know, this sets from 6 to 6.30. Like, whatever. I mean, people I, – I feel like with this lineup – and these bands and those who would attend are going to go there because they appreciate good music. If yeah. it's five minutes late, you know, no big deal. But like, I, I don't, I wouldn't want that. Go I, well, I, I don't it, it can be with that many bands and stuff though. You know, it can be, sure. it can be a lot to handle. You sure. Know? But um, I mean, they're, you're all pros, you know? Yeah. You've We've done, done it, it a long time. That is for sure. You've done it before. We're not children. We're not 21. Well, funny <laughs> enough, <laughs> an idea like this happened years ago where there was like, Doug, you, Matt, Doug and Matt, you might remember, but this, this was like when we were still f- 
fucking around with the, the switching thing. We did that thing at the JCC. Remember that? Oh, the boy, do I? <laughs> that was so a disaster. How could I ever forget? What a what a moment that was. Every time I see Ed Cuso, I bring that up to him, actually. Do you really? <laughs> yes. Like almost every time I see Ed, I, we talk and we have a wonderful time. And at some point during our catch up of wonderfulness where he's just the most pleasant, beautiful person. I'm like, remember when you destroyed your favorite guitar on a stage out of just the most rage I've ever seen a human being put out <laughs> and you completely destroyed your beautiful masterpiece K guitar that you'll never get again. And he's like, yeah, I think about it a lot. <laughs> I remember because I had to run up on that stage because I was kind of, uh, somehow I got roped. I had to make sure the stage wasn't damaged. And he thought <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just trying to like, like fuck with them. And I remember being like, I just had to make sure the stage wasn't fucked with. Cause like now we're in, now we're like, we're in Dutch. Like we got to owe some people money. Um, I don't know. I'm not worried about this thing in October. I'm, I, when I get to, I'll probably be worried about a day of getting down there, figuring it out. Look, as long as there's a drink special and a food special, everything will be all right with me. Everything's good. The, the bands are great. All the people in the bands are great. And, uh, it's going to yeah, be no, no other band ruins it. We will. We'll take exactly. that. Oh, no. We're going yeah, we to fuck it up. I can't wait for that. It's going to be fantastic. We're yeah, don't worry about up. anyone else. I think we can handle ruining it. This is my <laughs> chance to embarrass Sean. There you go. <laughs> I'm prepared for that. Drinking early that day. <laughs> I just, I can't get over the, the lineup. And this is like these, these last two shows at the Jazz Cafe. I mean, the Jazz Cafe has been a staple in Northeastern Pennsylvania for years. Um, it's not my favorite venue to see a show. Um, and I hate to say that because I, I respect the people that work there. I respect the people. I, I, I respect its history. For me, it's just not my favorite venue to see a show. The stage is a little, uh, you know, lower. Um, if you're in the back of the room, thankfully they have, they have nice big, uh, I think one or two screens that you can actually like see the, what's going on. Um, but it's always sounds great. It's always a good vibe. Um, what's your favorite venue? <sighs> I mean, I don't know that it exists anymore. Um, that's a that's a great question. Um, there have been so many over the years. I remember I remember Nightcaps as being a cool venue um, for bands. If you, I don't know if you're too young for that. Um, that was in Edwardsville, behind like the Price Chopper. Um, but these, what was that? What was that place that was in Edwardsville, though, right next to that? It was like backstage or something? No, that was Kingston. That was, I played, well, there at the, I played yeah. one of the Benzinger's first shows ever at Backstage in Kingston. That's what it was called? Backstage? Yeah. backstage. Okay. I remember that got closed down because they had too many like hardcore bands there, and like yeah. they were just like fucking people up there. And I think Axelrad actually moved into that spot after yep. Backstage. Yeah, they did. Um, one of my and, favorite things ever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I remember Matt and I went to go see Final Descent at uh, Donahue's in Wilkesbury one night. Matt wore a complete suit in the summer. He tried to be like Don <laughs> Draper, and I said I was going to wear a suit with him so he didn't look awkward, but I didn't. So he was wearing a suit at this shitty ass dive bar, yeah. and we're watching Final Descent play. And I remember going up, singing a song with him, and I hit Doug in the face with the microphone. <laughs> Doug was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then some guy was like a closet Nazi decided to, to show his colors as a white supremacist at that show for some reason. 
and somebody just cold cocked them and they dragged them outside for that show. That was a good night. <laughs> Sounds good. Am I the only one who remembers that? Doug, do you remember that? Oh, no. Well, FD wrote a song about it that's uh, 15 seconds long. We called did. Angry Nazi at a Donahue show. Yes, we <laughs> we, we were at. We were there. <laughs> great show. That was a great show. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the back room at the, well, it was the Voodoo. Um, that was kind of a cool space. Tinks was okay. I mean, it had its issues with the, the different poles, but it was neat in the sense that the, the the lower level and then the, the kind of the space around it. Yep. Um, it was one of my first shows there. Yeah. Ever. It was a real big fish in less than Jake. Awesome. I was at that Good show. Time. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and Streetlight, yeah. And Streetlight. And Against All Authority, too, I think. I was at that show. Yeah. I, mean, I guess you could say like every room kind of has its, like, pros and cons. So, I mean, I don't hate yeah. the jazz cafe. I just, you know, when I was when I was in the back for the show on Friday, it was, it was hard to see the band. So I moved up. No big deal, right? Where I looked at the screen, which is perfect. Um, but again, it's it just it's just a stacked a, a second stacked card, and it just I mean, I've always said I, I I would put the talent in this area up against any other city in in the country. I just I mean. It's it's so cool to be a part of, you know. That's we definitely why. we definitely punch above our weight class around here, for sure. Like in terms of talent, yeah. we have a lot. Yeah, it's it's just you know. And Sean, outside of being in bands, I mean, he he was uh, a host of a radio show doing like a local feature. Um, I did the same thing. I remember being like, I, I thought I had my finger on the pulse of the the local scene, but like I was like way off when I was introduced to different bands that I never heard of before. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just awesome to be a part of. And that's why, like, I, I kind of forced my way into doing this when the radio show got canceled, because I was like, I have to be a part of it. Like I, how, how can I force my way into this? And how could I like, you know, be a part of their lives? Because I felt like, you know, I needed, you know, guys like you and, uh, music like yours and musicians like you guys more than you guys needed me, you know? And it was just like, I just see stuff like this and I'm like, this is just going to be a, a, a great, great uh, evening. And I hope that I can make it. Um, I mean, sweet nest. I don't know if you guys have ever seen her perform. But she, yeah. was, she was on yeah. with James on a Friday. Um, but yeah, just incredible. And I mean, Joe Burke I mean, his voice is, I, I don't even know where it comes from. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is great. We played with uh, Sweetness and Rosary Guild before. They're both awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, love those. Love them all very much. Yeah. Though. I think, but I mean, outside of this, I mean, is there other plans this year for you guys? We're we're just the plan as of now. If there is one, is just like write new stuff, put it together, practice when we can practice it, put it out when we can put it out. Basically, you know, play play out where we can. I would love to play. Uh, like Jerry and I scoped out a couple of spots in Asbury. I would love to do a good out of town show. Yeah. In Philly. We've been talking about Philly, Philly, Philly for a while. Yeah, and I've been talking with a buddy about that like last week when I saw him. So no. hopefully we'll have some days to choose from. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm super excited. We haven't played out in a major city since well we we did that disastrous show in Philly and then that one show in New York. Uh, that was the last last time we played out anywhere outside of this area, really. Right been a while yeah for sure yeah i mean i remember playing those shows new york city was a bit of a bust um 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but Jerry, Jerry's really, I mean, Jerry lives in Philly for those people who don't know. He's, uh, he's got his finger on the pulse of a lot and Jerry's real fucking on top of things. And he's made some great connections with people in Asbury Park. I, I can't. Okay, I thought someone was lighting off fireworks. It's my wife dragging the garbage out. I was like, sounds like fireworks and then a body being dragged. I freaked out. Your oh, wife is taking um, the garbage out? You, you man. That, that winner. body bag is for you, Sean. <laughs> that's fine by me. That's cool. I, I don't care. Um, <laughs> cheers. Um, anyway, Jerry, Jerry's got Jerry's got his finger on the pulse of a lot of stuff going out in Philly and Asbury Park, and uh, and it, it's it's all going to work out hopefully and i'm excited to do it i really really am because we're rolling we're tight we're back uh the momentum is is there and you're only as good as your last record and god damn if i don't think we made a great one really i believe that i think i think we made a, a great 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 ep doug matt jerry nick i mean i was just happy to be on this thing and uh it's already started to get some traction and we were very lucky that our, our, our friend Bobby, who's more Jerry's friend, but I, I met him. He's a cool dude. We, we kind of know him in passing. He worked with the Menzingers uh, for after the party to do their artwork. He listened to this record and said, um, I need to be a part of this. So he designed the, 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 the cover and uh, it's, I mean, I think it speaks for itself, but, and I, I really don't have anything other than to say than just listen to it. Um, it, it it's, it's, it's goddamn great. And it's really special. And I'm really proud of my friends that we did this. If I had two things I could have fixed though, is that I wouldn't, I, I, I would have held back on one song doing something that's a personal thing. And I would have said this one goes out to Derek McDaniels because he was the guy who started this band and he passed away in 2020. And he meant a lot to us. And I would have said, like, Derek, this one's for you. But we'll get to that. But, you know, I'm yeah, sure Shout out to Eric Ritter, too, who yeah, Eric, sat with us for four Eric, days. Eric Ritter, yeah. Eric Ritter. Yeah. I mean, those guys. Yeah, I mean, Matt, like, that was the first time you ever worked with him. And he, like, he took you and he was just like, no, here's your sound. Like, let's do this. And it was fantastic to see. He just it dialed great. it right in. He understood exactly like what we were looking for out of a third guitar part, uh, and sort of filling in the gaps in the background, that sort of deal. So he just got it immediately. Super easy to work with. Incredible person. Um, politely pushy too. Of just, I think you could do that. Just politely pushy where it's yeah. like, you could do that a little better. No, he was can. very encouraging in the booth, uh, with yeah. vocal takes too. Like, he's like, all right, that was really good. You could do a little bit better. You know, he was always like, he was pushing you in, in, as you said, positively pushing, definitely yeah. uh, in the right direction. I, super awesome to work with. Highly recommend. Yeah. You mentioned the cover. Um, and one thing I was, I was like, when I saw that it was, um, visually appealing. It would, and it just, it looked so pro, um, you know, where is that? Is that like at a, at a some kind of fair or like a, yeah, so my, my my buddy Kyle took that photo, I think at at like a farm auction or something in Wayne County, and so whenever we're putting something together, I always just ask him because he does a lot of photography. He's from Northeast PA, but lived in Philly for a while. So I just tell him to send me like a bunch of cool photos that you'd be cool with us using, and so he just Google drives us a bunch, 
And then we talk over whatever we sort of want to use. And then I just sent a couple to Bobby who put the rest of it together. So, yeah. And I think the picture is from quite a while ago. I think when I look through. I think it's 2016, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. No, it did just look, it was a very professional image. Um, The text, uh, you know, the band name and the, the title of the, the EP. It was just, it, it's, it's overall just really well done. So you guys, I know Sean, you know, said he's very proud of it and I think he should be. Well, I am. I don't know about the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? Fake it till you make it, right? Make it well, I'm, like I'm a pretty good faker. I, I mean, it was just, um, no, nah, man, it was, it was, it was, it was a fucked up journey to get to this point. And, uh, and we, we really, there was some therapeutic moments that I don't want to go into because they're rather personal and they're from the band and I'm just going to leave it at that. But there were some moments where we were in the studio where we realized we were making something very special and, and, and Doug, I mean, uh, uh, we're I, I was gasping in certain points. Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing. That's the best way to put it. That's Matt. Thank you. That's the best way to put it. Matt, go ahead. Yeah. Cause you, you you had a, a slight slant on the same thing I'm trying to say, so go ahead. Oh, just you know, um, it's funny. when you practice all the time, you don't really hear what people are singing, you know, uh, yeah. lyrically or uh, even what everybody else is doing musically. Let alone, you know, you're just trying to like figure out your part and what's going to fit the song and make it fleshed out in a Fox's song, officially speaking, you know. And, uh, and so in the studios where like, you're just, you're naked, like you're, it's just, you hear everything, um, which is why I hate recording usually, except for with Ritter, uh, because there's, you know, you're just, oh shit, I'm just playing guitar into my own headphones, listening to the song. And you, you know, you hear every, every tiny problem that every tiny little thing that you do wrong is there uh you know it's easily fixed but you're still you want to do a good job you don't want to be in there forever you don't want to hold everybody up there is it's a it's a pressure cooker you know usually uh if you work with anybody other than ritter i guess you know um because you know you just want to get get your parts done and get through this and uh and put it out there and uh then you have dug on your back the whole time yeah that's right you don't have dug down your neck (laughs) no way dude no (laughs) Yeah, that'd be really good if it wasn't you. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, quick, quick, quick digression. Uh, just want to do this publicly to Doug. I win. Doug and I have a game. Doug and I lived together for three months, and we had a game that uh, in the morning, uh, whoever could give each other the finger first won uh, for the day. So I just, I just, you did publicly win. Won you did for, win. Uh, for Doug. Won the day. Yeah, that, thank you. Carpe. These nuts, as they say. <laughs> and, and, and I know Nick's not here, obviously, to say this though. But uh, this, Papa, you might not fucking believe it though. But Nick was very not not that he was not integral to the writing of this record because he was because he was very he's still very much a part of this band and he's very he's there. He kind of forgot a lot of the shit we were working on. The motherfucker showed up in a cowboy hat with like haters on and he was so hungover and he's going on about how he's like going on some fucking soccer game or I don't know, something about his family that he's got going on. He was venting and he was mixing coffee with Miller light and alcohol. And he was, 
he was on a whole other fucking plane. He was his own Frank Zappa record when he showed up. <laughs> and he fucking, he would tell Eric Ritter, he put the glasses on, he put this Rickenbacker bass on, and he was just like, play the song. And he said, he said, just like, he's like, play the song. And then he would start jamming to it halfway through. Okay. Roll, roll it. The, the record is 19 minutes pushing 20 minutes. He fucking did the whole thing in 32 minutes, the whole record. And we were like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's just like, good enough. Good, good. And he's laying down masterpiece baselines and we're fucking floored watching him play. He's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotta go. I gotta take the kid to soccer. And I was like, dude, you just played the, the baseline of your life. Yeah. 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 I gotta go. And like the saloon, it was like in a Western, like the saloon doors fling open and he just <laughs> enters, lays down some beautiful things, like doesn't even have a clue what he's going to do when he walks in. It's like a legend. Flies open, he walks in, I'm just going to lay down some tracks, baby. And then he's out. He's like, yeah. vanishes off into the night. And, and, and the motherfucker, only person he asked if anything was right was Doug, which I thought was hilarious. He didn't ask anybody else. He's like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Doug's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right, yeah. No, don't play that C flat. Go to the D. Uh, okay, done. Doug was just like, okay. I was like, didn't didn't acknowledge anybody else. He was like, Doug, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really funny. 36 minutes, he recorded all those songs, just like that. It was, I was, I was like, uh, what was this? What, what happened there? I don't know. I never brought this up to anybody else in the band. Did anybody else think that this record's too heavy for us? I thought it was too heavy. Doug, what do you think? I don't think it's it's not too heavy enough. It's, yeah, we need more. I want more. No, it's like what Jerry said though. Like we're, we're just playing what we want to play. Like we're we're this is where we want to do. Like you know, we we shouldn't be afraid to be pigeonholed into whatever. Like we're just playing stuff that we want to play, and somehow it all no words is really fucking heavy. Like yeah. no words is like shockingly heavy for a band like ours. But I think it's yeah, cohesive. more breakdowns, dude. Yeah. Let's go. I think it's cohesive <laughs> though. Like I think it like, you know, there's definitely a through line of like it being the stuff that we did before. Like it's not some brand new thing we've never done before. Like it's definitely like in the vein of what we've always kind of been gravitating towards musically. It's just maybe more polished and maybe a little bit angrier because we're a little bit older and the world is more along where it is now than you've it was been, maybe five years ago. Yeah, you've been kicking the dick enough times. You could say that. Yeah, we're, we're all very, we're sufficiently maladjusted to a broken world uh, that we can write things that represent that uh, in some capacity, yeah. express that, yeah. you know? Well, it's just, it sounds like, you know, the EP that was recorded and released is the EP that, you know, should have been because, you know, you, you mentioned the kind of ease of it there's no pressure it just kind of happened you're mentioning you know nick sort of laying down these these bass in in 32 minutes it, it's it seems like whatever has happened over the last however many years um you know it kind of all came out into the the record and and that's great yeah i'm Brian jerry i know we all went around like but yeah, yeah, any Jerry's. any uh, faults are Jerry's fault, and any credit is solely Sean's. <laughs> what? What the fuck did I do? <laughs> I didn't do anything. No, no I mean, 
John, you've been very nice to all of us. So uh, <laughs> you said such kind things about all of us. I had to take you down a peg or two, but that's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm so good at drums. Yeah, sorry, it worked out so well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it was it was just one of those it was just it was fucking shocking where it was like this thing sounds like it was made it was made so quick but it wasn't rushed right and it was it was it wasn't like we didn't experiment we definitely fucked around for a couple hours but we didn't spend two days on getting a guitar tone or anything like that and we just we were so laser focused on what we were doing and what we wanted to do and 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 we just all knew it. it's like Doug was like I want this I'm going to do this and I want you to do this but I want you to do it your own way and then Matt was like I'm going to do this thing and Jerry was just so honed and it was I never made a record like it I really haven't because I've never been we for this band. I mean, Quincy Avenue took forever to make from what I can recall. Um, and it's something you can't take that little EP, which became actually like a bigger thing for us. Took, I don't know. Doug's got it written down. He's got it like tattooed on his fucking rib cage. How long it took to make that fucking thing. Um, like how many, smoke. Yeah. How many cigarettes were smoked and all that. Um, Broken Sennheiser I, headphones. Oh yeah. Doug had a mental breakdown making three songs. It was incredible. Um, yeah, like uh, I've never sang on a song. I've never sang lead uh, on a Foxes song before. Uh, and this time around, it was a con- I felt very much uh, an ability to have a direct contribution. I wrote the words to Rats. Doug came up with the music because he's better than me. And uh, <laughs> and uh, um, and and then uh, they were they were like screwing around with this riff that. Uh, they were going to turn into a song. And I said, I will handle the lyrics for this song. I just feel it. I need to write it. And that became Pure Isle. Uh, and then uh, Doug had two other songs. You had two from uh, what? Like Purcell, they were going to be part of your other band or something, right? Yeah. One of them originally started as a project I was working on after the Foxes. And then the other one was originally written sort of meant to be in that project, but never really fully got off the ground as a song for that. And then, when we started writing again, it was like, well, I've got these, they're like kind of fleshed. They're never really been fully finished. Like let's arrange them. Let's finish them. Let's like redo them. Like I've, I've heard this in my head as like a certain way, but like, let's see where it goes. And I don't know, going back to what we were saying before, like the, the, the pride side of it, like we, I've never been happy with anything we've ever done because it's probably been so like nose this close to everything. And so like to be able to take a step back and like, be a part of it creatively and not have to be a part of it technically and to watch it build and grow and like have it be out and have it sound the way it sounds. Like, I don't know. It just fills me with pride. Like it's like, it's a little baby that I can look at and I'm not like, Oh God, do you have no idea how many hundreds of hours I put into you to make you sound mediocre at best? It's <laughs> like, an adoptable baby at the orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think like for what's next too, like, I don't know. This is the way I want it to feel. This is the way I I want to do this. Like I want to feel good when I play music and I want to feel happy when I do it. And I want to write stuff that like means a lot to me and like that I take seriously, but I have fun doing it. And like this band and these, like the five of us feels like the right outlet for that. Like it just feels amazing, you know? And there's like all this trust built up from years of this, like Sean, you were saying how like 
when we write songs, it's sort of like, you'll bring a riff in and I just do the thing. And Jerry just plays the drums. And like, it all works out exactly how it all is supposed to work out because we all have like this innate trust or this innate understanding of like, this is what the song needs. And if it's not there, you're just like, oh no, try this thing. And then suddenly it's there, you know, it's just very natural. Um, and it's mm -hmm. never been unnatural for us, but like now it's like, it's, I don't know, it just feels really next level. Like, I don't think I've ever said to Sean anything other than, hey, just do that thing that you do all the time. And it's just going to sound amazing. <laughs> like, it just keeps working. So it's just really, it really is like, it's so pleasant. And it's just I, really nice. I never, as like, because I never sang lead on anything I've ever recorded ever. You know, um, I really felt support. I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't in this band because everybody's like, we're just, it's scary. Fucking, <laughs> it's scary to, Write a song that's important to you about your life, about what the hell's going on and trying to make sense of it. And maybe someone else out there understands some of that. And you're scared to even show it to people you've known for 20 years, 15 years uh, in a room. And here we are, you know, just doing that because, you know, A, out of a sense of like, I need to feel these things and get them out there. But also more importantly, like, I feel comfortable enough with these people that I can do that. And they can support each, we can support each other and it becomes, it's, it becomes a piece of art, you know, um, sure. out of that. So no, I, I, I feel a hundred percent about, um, I, I, I back them up a hundred percent on that. And, uh, especially, uh, modern medicine, the last track on the EP, um, I've noticed a lot of people have been texting me about that song particularly, which <laughs> is really fun, which is really funny because for my contribution to that, I am like, I had literally almost nothing to do with that song. And Doug was literally just like, just what he just said. He's like, just go do, be you. Um, from my perspective was Jerry had this, that drum beat the first time I heard it. And then Doug had that riff and my jaw dropped. And that song, a lot of songs don't start the way they end up. They start one way and then they end up the way they are that song really kind of did not deviate from day one a lot. And, uh, I, I made a point to stay out of Doug's way and Matt kind of also stepped in to being like, let's do that, do this, do this shift it. And I very much was just like, wherever you guys are going, I'm on board with it, which is why it was, like, it, was, it was quieter, right? Originally. And I think when we were yeah. rehearsing it for the first time, I said something like, no, we got to just go balls to the wall, like open it up at the end there. And that's, uh, for me, that's the best part of the record. Not because I came up with it, uh, but because <laughs> it sounds great. Like truly, truly sounds great. It is a collaborative process very much. So for all of us, you know, we're all friends. We all hang out and it's not, you know, we just, no one comes in and is like, this is the thing, you know, right. um, it's a creative writing process, all of us together. And I, I, I get, a, I get a real kick of hearing all of us sing other, our, each other's lyrics. That to me is the best high. It's like Doug singing on two forty for me. It's like, you know, I, I, I wrote all the lyrics for that song, but Doug singing the harmony on two forty. I was like, I, that makes my heart swell up. And then like me singing on uh, pure Isle with Matt, like I'm in there, I'm under it, but I'm in there. And it's just like, I fucking love that. But I mean, and then the other song that everybody seems to really kind of be rallying around is no words, uh, which is the oldest song that Doug mentioned before. Um, 
we're all singing on that. And yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm hearing four different voices bring four different, very different attitudes to one line. And, uh, I mean, people might not know what the shit is about. I kind of do, but I, I, I just get so much happiness. The song's a downer in my mind, but I get so much happiness hearing my friends sing together like that. That's really fucking cool. I've never written lyrics to a song that anyone else has sang, much less myself. And so I wrote the lyrics to Rats. And then I actually, that day, I remember in the recording studio, I had to go. I think I had to pick up my kids or something. Uh, So I was like running late and I had to leave. And uh, we were supposed to do a harmony that was like Doug and myself, but it ended up Doug just laid down the harmony track. And at at first I was like, yeah, we'll just get it. The idea was we'll get in there and like fix it later with another voice, maybe me or someone else or whatever. And then it just worked so well in the recording that I was like, no, we got to We're just going to stick with it. Just the harmony right there with uh, the lead. I love it. People seem to really like that as well. So, yeah. Well, everything I feel like you guys were saying came through in this EP. So great. I mean, great job. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you guys. Um, this album, this EP, (laughs) this EP, I mean, I I could genuinely feel like how proud you guys are. Not, not even just proud, just like happy, like with, with, with your relationship with each other, you know, the, the, the pride in the songs and the music and all that kind of stuff. It, it definitely comes through uh, with what you guys are saying. So if anyone's listening to this and has not listened to the EP yet, please go do that. Or if you heard it, you know, and you're hearing this now, you'll, I, I'm sure you'll appreciate, you know, the music even more after hearing this, but uh, the album uh, church bells on Sunday is available on all the streaming services. Is it, is there a plan for physical copies or is that kind of like out the door? I mean, oh, we we started our own label. We did that, and we're—it's a yeah. joke, quote unquote, not a joke label, but we did our own label. And uh, I don't know, we might, okay. we might, but right. There's, I there's like definitely no, way, there's no way not to. I think, like, same thing as always. Like, we're just kind of we're going with what we want to do in the moment. Sure. I think you know, and so I think like with with a physical release, we want to, and we probably will. And it's just kind of like when the text thread comes through of like, Hey, we should probably do that. Like, we'll probably all be like, yeah, totally. Let's, let's do that. We'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. You know? And one day it'll just exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. With a, with a total lack of promotional effort from anyone's parts. <laughs> but, uh, and I mean, I'm looking forward to this show, uh, October 14th, I guess it's Indie Fest, River Street Jazz Cafe in Wilkes-Barre, Walt Plains, technically. Um, James Barrett, Those Clever Foxes, Vernon Brisk, Rosary Guild, American Buffalo Ghost, which is also uh, a thing that Sean's involved with. Uh, Joe Burke and Company, Retrovice, Sweet Nest, uh, 6 p.m. October 14th, $15. I mean, that's less than two bucks a band. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't beat that. So... It's going to be really good. There's yeah. so many good bands on I, that. It's, it's, I'm going to have to do some extra chores on the house. I'm going to have to, you know, earn the, the earn the uh, get out of the house for the night tickets, you know, <laughs> or, you know, put them in my back pocket and say, Hey, remember that time I did this? Like I'm, I'm cashing in, which is what I did <laughs> last Friday for the UD show. Keep a deta- uh, detailed list. Yeah. I have to, I have to remember that time. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the she, Excel was to, she was supposed to go out to dinner with like work uh 
people tomorrow. So I, I was, I was, I had that like almost like written down, but I guess that got canceled. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So I'll have to find something else. I'll, I'll figure it out. But, Write it all down. Keep a spreadsheet. Yeah. Hey, you got some time. You got time. You got time. <laughs> a month and a half. I got, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Look forward to seeing you there. I don't think we've ever met in person officially. So we have no. not. <laughs> yeah. That's funny to me. I'm sorry. How are we not? I'm talking this guy. Not in person. No. I'm that asshole. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. guys, man, go, go watch the Sopranos, man. Who cares? Oh. <laughs> well guys thanks for taking the time to do this uh it was great getting to uh uh hear about the foxes and you know the start of it and where it is now and i wish you guys the best of luck you guys should be proud of it um and anyone listening to this please by all means go and uh stream the new ep Thanks. Yeah, hey, thank thanks you so for much for having this, us. This is amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks very for much. Ha- thanks for giving me a reason to uh, have a beer on a Tuesday night. Hey, cheers Anytime, to that, man. I My really, Zoom room will be open. I yeah. really appreciate it. Guys, take care. I'll see you guys soon. We'll see you. Thank you, man. Cheers. Later, buddy. See ya.